to the NABS Now podcast, brought to you by the National Association of Blind Students, a proud division of the National Federation of the Blind. Welcome to the NABS Now podcast. Today, we're talking about parties. That's right, small and large gatherings included. Have you wondered as a blind student how you can maximize your participation while out in the social setting? Tips and tricks to stay safe while enjoying parties? How do you set boundaries between blindness advocacy while having fun? We got you covered on this one, and I'm super thrilled to introduce my co-hosts, Manel Joffrey, who will take over the show. Enjoy the show. We have two very special guests here with us tonight who are very well-versed in the social environment space. We have Mr. Hunter Keister and Miss Emily Keel. Would you both like to introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Hi, everybody. I'm Hunter Keister. I proudly serve as a board member of NAPS, and I am also a student at the University of Wisconsin-Stout in my second year pursuing a degree in hotel, restaurant, and tourism management with a minor in luxury management. Happy to be here. Hi, guys. I'm Emily. I'm the president of the Ohio Association of Blind Students. I'm in my fifth year at the University of Cincinnati. I graduate in 18 days. That is so exciting. I cannot wait for that. Congratulations, Emily. Thank you. Um, Well, I'm so glad to have both of you guys here, and I can't wait for the conversation that we're going to get into. First of all, I'd like to quickly maybe ask you guys a little bit of context of what your ideal social environment is. Both of you are in college, university. Do you guys, are you go out to bars? Are you more frat people? Do you guys like to be in small groups, larger groups? What is your typical weekend plans, per se? I tend to gravitate towards smaller group gatherings. I love being outdoors. I Whether that's a patio bar, a brewery, whatever that looks like, I tend to gravitate towards areas where I'm not going to get sensory overload, which I will feel like we'll probably get into in this podcast. But I love having intimate time with a great group of like six friends or less. Yes, completely understand that. Emily, what about you? Somewhat the same. You said one of my average weekend plans Well, I do a lot of homework on the weekends. But if I am having a fun weekend, I hang out with a lot of my friends. I'm in a sorority. It's a band sorority at my college. And I hang out with band kids. Sometimes we go places. Sometimes we hang around campus or at somebody's house. I'm definitely not into like big frat parties. That's just not really my style. But I love hanging out with people that I know or people that I actually want to get to know more, mostly for the people aspect and not necessarily to be in a gigantic, like really loud, crowded place. That's not really my jams, but I like hanging out with my friends. Yeah, no, these sound like wicked weekends, really fun times. I'm sure there's full of so much like life and energy and especially in the different situations you guys described. But Hunter, I want to quickly touch on something you brought up about sensory overload. I know that for me, when I go into like a big crowded, we have frats at my school, a bunch of them. So like maybe walking down frat row or like going into a big house party. Sometimes it's hard to focus and really enjoy myself or try to figure out 
how best to enjoy myself when there's a bunch of people talking, there is so many lights flashing, there is so many different smells going on. What is your best advice with dealing with those types of situations? I would definitely say that sensory overload is really prevalent in my life. I have some partial vision, so the lights are a really big aspect of my party going time. I would say a lot of the time when it's coming to handling it, I tend to go into it knowing that I'm going to need breaks. Luckily, with a lot of the houses in Menominee, Wisconsin, they're built the same on the campus area where... There might be a smaller porch, one living area, and then like a kitchen and then upstairs where the bedrooms are. And I kind of universally know where I'm going. I usually go to the same frats, whether it's Kappa Lambda Beta or Sigma Alpha Epsilon, whatever it may look like. I would say making sure I'm taking my breaks. If I need to go out and hang out with people on the porch or in the yard or whatever that looks like. Sensory overload. My biggest tip uh, as someone with sensory issues, uh, aside from blindness, make yourself a little goodie bag of earbuds and nose plugs. I'm super sensitive to smells. Like everybody's like, nah, when you go blind, your ears get stronger. No, my nose got stronger. I'm like a hound dog over here. I (laughs) smell everything, but know what you need. So be in those situations, understand yourself. You know what will help you the best in the situations. Also, surround yourself with people that care about you. And it helps knowing, going in, what to expect. No, I love that. Especially a lot of what you guys said really resonated with me as well. The thing you've mentioned about the goodie bag, Emily, like... I never thought about that before, but, you know, having earplugs, having some sort of, like, mini things in those situations, if you need, like, an immediate escape, can really help you feel better. So thank you for mentioning that. Uh, I was just going to add that I would say it's not even necessarily a blindness-related thing either. I've been to parties where people need to get out of the loud, dumping, bass-driven living room and um, go out on the porch and just catch their breath and relax and see what's going on we might have hyperactive sensory overload or we might have that additionally like going in but i know sensory overload is a very real thing for a lot of college students regardless of their blindness or not yeah thank you i also wanted to touch on briefly another point you brought up emily about always being with friends and finding this good group of friends to go with and leading into the point about safety and how important safety is in these types of situations. So when you first got into college, first started the party scene or your social interactions, how did you guys go about feeling safe and ensuring safety measures prior to your experiences of taking maybe that first night on the town or that first going out to the clubs or going out to your frat parties? I can go first on this one. I'm in band, like I said before, so I already had a lot of band friends. And that's like one thing that people will tell you when you get into college. Join a group because there will be people there that care about you, if nothing else, because you guys are in the same group. But then you have familiar faces. You have familiar people that you can hang out with. There's nobody in college to be your mom. So really, like knowing your boundaries is what's going to keep you the most safe. You have to ensure your own safety. And by safety, I mean like knowing your limits, but also having a way home, having a way to places, knowing who's with you, having someone to be accountable with like no matter what 
but never go by yourself. Never go by yourself. It's just not really a great idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, snaps over here for, for that, Emily. Never going by yourself, ensuring you can find your way home. I definitely want to preface what I'm about to say that I don't want to make it an alcoholic exclusive episode. I just know that in my experience, and as Emily had stated, alcohol is very prevalent at college for people who are of age and who are underage and being smart with the decisions that you make, having friends around who are going to take care of you. Very, very important. But you know yourself the best. I would say in situations where you're not being served by a professional bartender or you're at one of these social gatherings where there's alcohol present, there's nothing to say you can't bring your own. I notice whenever I'm at a party, I bring my own and I bring my own for a small group of friends that we all share. So if I'm bringing a bottle or a pack of a case of beer or something like that, A, I know it's not been drugged. Believe it or not, I have a couple male friends who have been drugged at parties. It's not just a female thing, but very hyper aware of that happening. And I would say it's just a safety thing. You know how much you're pouring. You know what's in your drink outside of alcohol. Yeah, social gatherings, just being able to be safe, knowing your surroundings, knowing what's on campus and what's near campus. I know some campuses are not in the best neighborhoods in the United States where there's like Menominee, Wisconsin. It's a small town. It's a very different environment, but just knowing your environment, knowing your friends. I mean, if you don't know people, making friends can be tricky for some people, but putting yourself out there to make those friends before trying to jump right into a frat party that you don't know a single person at might be or will be your best option. Thank you so much for that. You both just shared a lot of really vital information that I think any maybe first year going into college for the first time or someone that hasn't really delved deep into the scene would really appreciate. And I wanted to bring up something that you said, Hunter, about knowing the area you're in and really being familiar, whether that's a small town, if it's a bigger unsafe campus. How do you guys go about when you're inside the party, inside the event, inside the bar navigating? Do you guys keep your cane or guide dog with you at all times? Do you tend to maybe leave it aside? Do you bring it at all? Do you stay close with your friends the entire night? How is your navigation style maybe different in different settings or similar throughout if you could talk a little bit about that yeah absolutely i would first start off by saying i carry my cane wherever i go if i'm hosting a party it might look different if i'm at my um, apartment or someplace i'm super familiar with if it's like a crowded frat party or a bar or if i have to do any sort of traveling outside of my building I take my cane with me no matter what. I don't know if there's going to be a fire or if there's going to be some instance where I need to get out of a place quickly. And that's just going to be the tool that I'm going to, that's going to help me keep my independence. Um, and I'm going to be a lot more confident and in control and not, uh, not as anxious as if I didn't have it. But like if it's at my own apartment or something like that and I'm hosting um, and it's not super crazy where if I just have a, a couple of buddies over to watch a game or whatever typically i'm comfortable just walking around without my cane because it's a space i've spent i spend 90 percent of my time in it's my place at parties i also find it comfortable to instead of trying to navigate the situation alone relying on some of my friends and i'll take their shoulder and it is a great way to meet new people that way and become vulnerable with those around you 
don't be afraid to have your cane with you, but do what's comfortable for you in different settings. Something that I rely on is my friends, even in social situations where we're just hanging out, obviously for walking around and stuff. I'm independent. I do it myself. I always have my cane on me. Sometimes the situation requires different sets of mobility tools, including sighted guide. And this is where we can use the NFB philosophy to teach our friends to be sighted guides in like the most respectful way possible. The next question I want to ask you both goes off what we were talking about a little bit earlier. We talked about you using your canes inside these social situations, but I want to explore the how. So when and how did you become comfortable with um, using your canes so outwardly and openly? I know when I would walk down the hallway of school growing up, I felt like I was being stared off so negatively. I felt like I stuck out. I felt that no one wanted to be friends with me because I was using my cane. And I know for me, it was a really long journey to overcome. And especially in these college nightlife settings, I feel like it's a very important obstacle to try to figure out how to embrace your cane and not think of it as something against you. So I'm not sure if you guys have any personal experience, but if so, let us know how you went about overcoming this. Yeah, absolutely. I would say, um, and Emily, I have a little bit of a seeking suspicion. We might be on the same page about this, but finding our good group of friends that accept us for who we are and accept us as their blind friend and just as a friend in general who utilizes a long white cane or a guide dog is really, really important. I try not to put myself into situations where I'm trying to have fun and I have to be a be an advocate for myself and have to justify why I use a cane and who I am and what my blindness is about. I'm there to relax. I'm there to have fun. I do enough NFP work and enough time where I'm volunteering my time and doing public education during the day, during the school day and stuff like that, that sometimes I just want to relax. So putting myself in positions where I am able to relax around the people that I can trust and get really understand who I am as a person and really respect that. It does come with a little bit of time when it might lead to a little bit of public education because there aren't a lot of people in my experience that know what blindness is. I'm usually the first blind person they've met. Um, and it's led, it's led to having a conversation about what my needs are and why I carry it and things like that. But yeah, like situations where you had mentioned Manahil about being stared at or being ostracized, I would say with those, it's going to happen. People have their their perception of what blindness is, but really encouraging people to educate themselves should be a thing. And having people around you that are going to be able to support you and support your needs where people are looking at you or maybe making out-of-pocket comments and being able to defend you too. It's not just on you to do that all the time. Like a, a good solid group of friends are going to have your back. I had a person come up to me when I was talking to my friends at the brewery down the road, and they're just like, "Oh, how did you dress yourself this morning? Like you're blind. How do you match your clothes?" And my friend's like, "Dude, he puts on his pants one leg at a time, just like you. And just the fact that he wears jeans and he has a t-shirt on, like you have this, you can do the exact same thing. You don't need vision to see what you have. He goes shopping. He has his methods of putting on his clothes and knowing what clothes he wears. Having that understanding in your friend group is very, very important. I am a huge advocate of 
having people to support you, but also it might take some time and you might want to educate people, but by all means, you're there to have a good time. You don't have to take that time away from you spending time with your friends to educate somebody who's ignorant. I agree. It's so annoying to have to like educate people on your off time. It's like, okay, nine to five, I can be an advocate and, you know, a blind student advocate. You know, after 5 p.m., it's my time. And like most of the time, I'm fine about, of course, I'll be respectful if you have legitimate questions. But there's always those people on the street that are like, whoa, bro, you're blind. I was like, no, um, just kidding. No, really, though. There's people that will doubt you every step of the way, but it's mostly from a place of ignorance. And if you just assume ignorance, then everything will be better in the long run. I also find that maybe taking your cane into this more a party setting, people aren't as judgmental as I would say people might assume they are. I personally got a lot of comments on my cane. Oh, why are you carrying a fishing pole? Or like, oh, why are you just having like a long stick? Like, what are you doing with it? And it's been more entertaining than anything. So I think the biggest takeaway from your guys' statements of just being confident, being with people that care about you, and also just knowing that you know, the environment you're in with the friends you're with, your goal at that point is just to have fun. So just have fun, um, enjoy yourself, and don't let your blindness hold you back from that. Thanks for sharing that. I wanted to quickly circle back to what we were discussing earlier in the episode about knowing your surroundings. And I just wanted to see if you guys could quickly talk about how you either map out your surroundings beforehand or how you go about maybe being in a new space. I actually spend a decent amount of time in Minneapolis um, for anybody who's actually looking to find Menominee on the map. If you look at St. Paul and go about an hour east, that's where Menominee is. So oftentimes my friends and I will go to Minneapolis or I'll meet up with friends that I have in Minneapolis and we'll go to different bars and go to different breweries or a house party from the University of Minnesota or whatnot. And really what things that I prioritize finding out in those types of situations are A, the bathroom and all of the exits that I might need. Just coming from just a safety standpoint, I think it's important to know your surroundings and how to get out of situations if you need to. You never know what's going to happen at a house party. It's always better to know how to get out and be able to leave a situation and mapping that out right away rather than during a crisis or for whatever reason. Having that knowledge beforehand really just makes puts me more at, in those types of situations. Totally. To go off what Hunter said, never be afraid to leave. Always know how to like leave when you want to. If you're in a big group gathering, nobody will probably even notice. It's no big deal if you want to go home. And if you're in a small group, like just be open with people. Say something came up. It's all good. Never be afraid to leave because then you feel trapped and then that can lead to a whole bunch of other stuff. But feeling comfortable is the most freeing thing. Knowing your environment is very freeing. If you can, you know, go early. See where, like, the layout of things, if that's applicable, if that's something that you can do. But really, rely on your friends. Have them be like, where's the bathroom? Have them walk you to the bathroom. Don't be afraid to ask questions. People in general want to help. Know what you need. Know how to 
know how to advocate for yourself in social situations because it's different than advocating for yourself in a professional setting. Advocating for yourself socially is more like knowing what you need in the moment. Again, like knowing yourself, knowing your surroundings, and don't be afraid to, one, be yourself, and then also don't be afraid to head out if you need to. Oh my gosh, this episode has been a journey. We have covered everything from safety to how to best um, act in social situations and also like different tips and tricks you guys have to navigate them. Oh my gosh, I wish I had this when I was a freshman in college, but thank you guys so much for being on. I want to end off and something that you actually said Emily about being your own self-advocate and how advocating socially is a little bit different than advocating in a more formal setting how we think maybe advocating in school to give our listeners a little bit of your personal tips do you guys have any last tips or suggestions or anything about advocating for yourself in a social space versus a a professional or maybe academic space. Everyone has to advocate for themselves socially. Not everyone has to advocate in the classroom, like to the extent that we do, but everyone has to advocate for themselves uh, and know what they need and know their personal boundaries. So it's not a sighted versus blind thing. It is an every person thing. And the, really the biggest tip that I have, not necessarily for advocacy, but it does help. Wear something that makes you feel confident. It doesn't matter what it is, but like my favorite experiences and ones that I remember the most are the ones that I felt the most confident in. So all of those things put together. Know how you're getting home. Don't be afraid to leave. Being around people that make you feel comfortable. All of those things will combine to make a really great experience. And then the cherry on top is knowing what you need it's really like the basis of everything but also the thing that brings it all together is you being able to verbalize your needs who you are as a person and not necessarily saying it but knowing it so knowing yourself really well is very important i i love that answer especially as a fashion obsessed person myself i definitely second the wearing something that makes you confident absolutely i i'm not as quite of a fashionista as either of you two but i cannot emphasize enough wearing something that makes you feel comfortable confident um it's very important and my last tips would definitely be around make sure you're you're with people that you can trust. Put yourself out there. This isn't just like an episode on partying. This is socializing. I would say put yourself in uncomfortable position, of uncomfortable positions um, in the sense of maybe you go to the football game and meet some people or you go to the club fair and have conversations with people and find a new club or a new hobby that you might not have explored in other educational fields or studies and just find your place. Like I had mentioned my favorite gatherings are small intimate spaces outdoors or trying new experiences. I put myself in situations that I enjoy being in. I know myself. Um, I'm not going to intentionally put myself into a 400 person packed club when I know that's not my style. Um, it's, it's something that I just don't personally um, tend to go towards, but also, like Emily said, being able to go home and say, hey, that's not really my thing. You guys have fun 
or hey, I would rather do this and see if people want to do that. Just be safe, know yourself, have fun more importantly. Just put yourself in places that you know you're going to have fun and don't feel like you have to go to something just because your friends are going. You know yourself, you can make a wide variety of friends who more than likely are going to have similar interests and similar ideas of having fun. Thank you both so, so much. I know I learned a lot and I just really appreciate both of you coming on, spending some time with me, talking a little bit through this. Very, very appreciative. And thank you both. Thank you to our special guests, Hunter Keister and Emily Keel. Nabs Now is produced by Seiyun Choi and Kinchuk Tala, with help from Zelay Lybird and Sarah Luna out of the National Association of Blind Students Content Creation Committee. Be sure to click that subscribe button wherever you catch your podcasts for new content releasing every month. And visit us on the web at nabslink.org to find links to our social media pages and even more resources for blind students. Thanks for listening.